And happy Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, July the 5th. This is my intro. I'm coming at you live from New York City in uh, the Bronx, New York. And we're going to run over the news over here. We're going to check out the news. All right. A few things in the news this week to uh, go over as we head into uh, another summer week of boxing. Uh, With a title fight, we've got uh, Maxayo Vargas ahead of us. And of course, we've also got the fight out of the UK taking place between Pulev and Chisora. All right, so that's where we are this week, and uh, let's get into some news here uh, that's dropped in the last 24 hours that uh, I think is pretty uh, interesting. All right, the uh, bit of news that we're going to end on is the news that AJ is desperate to uh, get his titles back, and I'm going to give my opinion as to kind of why that's the case. All right, um, but let's uh, let's get it started. All right, the first bit of news I kind of wanted to go over. All right, as I shout out Dorian Dark. All right, is uh, for whatever reason Eddie Hearn continues to talk about a fight that fight fans have been waiting for, but that has not been announced just yet, and. The fight I'm talking about is Crawford versus Spence. All right. Uh, you know, I don't know at this point if, if uh, Eddie is just running it, rubbing it in our faces that this fight hasn't taken place. But it seems like it's constantly being brought up in reference to Triple G taking on Canelo Alvarez for a third time, right? So on the one hand, you got a fight that I think a lot of people have been clamoring for, all right? Uh, I think a lot of people have been clamoring, clamoring, sorry, to see Crawford versus Spence. You know, whether or not people have been clamoring to see Triple G, Canelo is another story. I, I know that the zone has wanted it for a long time. And, you know, I know Triple G's wanted it for a long time. It doesn't really seem like Canelo's really wanted it for that long of a time. But it seems like, look, they basically brought a lorry, a tractor trailer truck, you know, parked it in his backyard and just like unloaded heaps and heaps of cash. Um, So here he goes. He's going to be taking on Triple G for a third time. Interesting, though, is. The Crawford-Spence fight is routinely brought up with reference to Triple G Canelo 3, or Canelo Triple G 3, I should say. Canelo is the A side. Let's not forget that or pretend that he's not, okay? Um, I don't know if it's an issue of people bringing it to Eddie Hearn's attention. I don't know if Eddie Hearn is kind of trolling the fans a little bit, you know, uh, but the the fight's constantly being brought up with reference to Triple G versus Canelo, Canelo versus Triple G. All right. So boxing scene staff reporting 
Promoter Eddie Hearn is standing firm on his opinion that the upcoming trilogy fight between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin is on another level, at least from a financial standpoint when compared to the potential undisputed welterweight clash between unbeaten boxers Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford. Canelo will face Golovkin for a third time September the 17th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. The event will be carried by DAZN Pay-Per-View. Spence versus Crawford is currently in talks for the fall. If the fight is finalized, Showtime Pay-Per-View is the current front runner to carry the event. Hearn explains that neither Spence or Crawford has a proven track record for generating large pay-per-view numbers. On the other hand, Canelo has generated large numbers on pay-per-view, although his numbers through DAZN pay-per-view have fallen short of the seven-figure buy numbers that he generated on HBO and Showtime. The first two bouts with Golovkin were carried by HBO pay-per-view and brought in at least a million purchases for each event. Crawford versus Spence, and this is, quote, Crawford versus Spence, what a fight. Neither fighter has done a moderate pay-per-view number. When you're talking about a guy like Canelo who consistently does 600,000 buys, 700,000 buys, a million buys, and you talk about global reach, you can't compare the fights. Hearn told the DAZN Boxing Show, quote, in boxing, in that community, it's a lot closer than it is to the whole wide world. In boxing, they're both outstanding fights, but one is a fight between two legends and the other is a fight between two outstanding elite champions. Canelo is a legend. Canelo is a legend. Triple G, on the other hand, Triple G is not more of a legend than Terrence Bud Crawford. Just stop it. Triple G is not more of a legend than Errol Spence Jr. Just stop it. Errol Spence Jr. is a three-belt champion at 147 pounds, a glamour division. Gennady Golovkin is famous for using Reggie belts and interim titles to claim supremacy over Marvin Hagler, Monsoon, Carlos Monsoon, and the executioner Bernard Hopkins as it relates to all-time title defenses. When I think of that, I think of two things. One, uh, that's that's a fail. And two, I mean, that's literally some of this. <laughs> I mean, what? Look, if you want to build a backs of being a legend based on interim title defenses and uh, Reggie Belt defenses, <laughs> I'm sorry, but... I, I, I agree with Eddie. I agree with Eddie a lot. I disagree with him on this one. Triple G is not a legend. Canelo is a legend, but Triple G, if he is a legend, he's not more of a legend than Bud Crawford or than Errol Spence Jr. He's not. Canelo is. Triple G is not. Stop it. So if I were if I were you know, 
given the quote, I'd say Spence Crawford is a fight between elite champions. Canelo Triple G is a fight between an elite champion and a guy that at one point most people felt was elite. And maybe it's still elite. We'll find out September 17th. So tune in for the pay-per-view. We got to find out if Triple G is still elite. Was the, was the win against Murata elite? Does it show us that he's elite? I, I don't know. Maybe. Did what Errol Spence Jr. do to your Dennis Uga show that he was elite? Absolutely. Did what Terrence Bud Crawford did to, oh, sorry, did what Terrence Bud Crawford do to Sean Porter show that he's elite? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, look, we'll find, look, if he puts up a, a, an epic performance against Canelo, then absolutely he's elite. But he hasn't been active for consistently for a few years now. He used to fight three, four times a year. That Triple G is no longer with us. The Triple G that fought three to four times a year, that Triple G is no longer with us. So, I don't know if it is a fight between two legends, whereas the other fight is a fight between two guys who are elite. And like I said, if Triple G is if Triple G is a legend, if Triple G is a legend, then then so is Crawford, and so is Spence. But it's interesting to me that this fight is constantly brought up with reference to the fight between Triple G and Canelo. And I'm talking about the Crawford-Spence fight. All right? I'm talking about the Crawford-Spence fight. It's constantly being brought up. And I, I get it. Eddie's, Eddie's behind a big fight. He's making it happen. He's actually behind two big fights. We're going to get to the other big fight that he's behind shortly. So, yeah, there's a little bit of gloating involved. I get it. I get it. Maestro would probably be gloating, too. All right. And the, the fact the fact is, the fact is, for whatever reason, the PBC is unable to expeditiously give us the Crawford-Spence fight. But let's not, let's not play and act like the guy that wins that fight ain't going to be a legend because the guy that wins Crawford-Spence is going to be a legend, especially if you're already considering Triple G a legend. So, look, I, I hope we get to see the Crawford-Spence fight. And I realize, I'll be the first to admit, that the fight with... Canelo Triple G, Canelo Triple G3 is the box office fight. It's the bigger fight financially. 
Is it the fight that I'm more excited about? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It isn't. All right? It isn't. And when you think about Triple G's best win, I mean, what was it? The Murata fight? Beating up Kell Brook? A welterweight? That's legendary, I guess, right? Beating up a welterweight when you're the middleweight champion of the world. Well, or I don't know, maybe it's Matthew Macklin. I don't know, is it David Lemieux? David Lemieux, je m'excuse, mesdames et messieurs. David Lemieux. Huh? Le meilleur, David Lemieux. The best opponent Triple G has faced. Is, is, that, the, is that his best win? David Lemieux. Peut-être, je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. Peut-être, peut-être, c'est David Lemieux. Or maybe it's Matthew Macklin. I don't know. But but Crawford Spence, that, that's a legendary fight if it happened. If Crawford Spence was in the era of legendary nights with HBO, they'd be making a legendary nights about it. I don't know if they'd be making a legendary nights about Canelo Triple G3. They'd be doing... Uh, you know, they're all access show. I don't know if they do a legendary nights. Okay. I don't. But you guys tell me. I mean, is is it? I mean, you help me out. Who's Triple G's best win? People are saying I'm sounding like a Triple G hater, but who's his best win? Help me out. Uh, but, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyhow, a guy that that I'm pretty high on, and uh, it's a guy that I got to see live uh, a couple times because he signed the top rank and they bring him out to New York. Robesis Ramirez is ready to fight the best names at 126 pounds, including Navarrete. All right. And uh, I'm sure he is ready. Former Cuban Olympic gold medalist, two-time. Put some spec on his name. All right, so this is the Boxing Scene staff reporting. Robesi Ramirez. His career should enter an accelerated lane. After the two-time Olympic champion defeated an undefeated Abraham Nova, supernova with the mascot and all, that's me ad limit. With a record, with a resounding knockout, Top Rank really took note of his talent. After a stumble at the beginning of his professional career when he lost a decision in his pro debut, Ramirez, 10-1 with six KOs, has looked unstoppable in, and is aiming for something important in his next presentation in the featherweight division. There are plenty of big names at the weight, like Emmanuel Navarrete, Josh Warrington, Leo Santa Cruz, Mark McSayo, and Lee Wood. The clearest path for Ramirez to have is a shot at a title, at a shot at a title, would be a fight with WBO champion Navarrete, who is also promoted by Top Rank. However, there is still talk that Navarrete could move up in weight and there is no guarantee that he would have interest in a fight with Ramirez. 
when more lucrative options exist at featherweight quote i don't want to talk too much with top rank i let my team take care of that but after the fight with nova you can see and feel that they are now thinking differently about me they realize that they should give me a little more attention they are more interested in promoting my career ramirez told george ebro quote I've said it many times. The more quality my opponent is, the better I'm going to fight. I want to fight the best, and that is what we are looking for. There are good names in the division, but I'm ready to take on anyone. Let top rank give me the test they want. I will fight anyone. With everyone who's there at 126 pounds i would fight without any problem as i did for this fight with nova a good camp is all i need with salas in the corner and a good strategy we are willing to fight with whoever they put in front of us with the best in the division seeing how top rank work i think the logical thing is that they put us in an eliminator for a mandatory fight i don't know if navarrete will stay at 126 pounds or move up if he leaves the titles vacant it would be great so I could fight for it. Uh, yeah, so uh, there we go. I Look, I like Robesi Ramirez a lot. His win against Abraham Noah was very spectacular, to say the least. If I was steering his career, though, I would stay clear of of Navarrete, especially if Navarrete is moving up. Navarrete is a great boxer with a very unorthodox style, Um, the kind of style that you're not really going to see a lot at the elite amateur level. And he's also pretty big and sturdy for 126 pounds. I'm not saying it's not a winnable fight for Ramirez, but if I'm comparing Navarrete to the other names that have been mentioned, uh, yeah, I definitely steer. Sorry, if I was, if I was comparing um, Navarrete to the other names being mentioned, I would definitely steer Ramirez towards a Lee Wood, towards a Josh Warrington, and even towards a Mark McSyle. Although the difficulty there, of course, is the proverbial street that at times is difficult to cross, especially when those fights that we'd like to see aren't necessarily the biggest financial kind of blockbuster fights in the sport, which this wouldn't be. Robesi Ramirez taking on a guy who's a champion at 126 pounds. Even Navarrete, that wouldn't be like the biggest fight. So I can see why they would steer him towards... uh, Navarrete, but at the same time, you know, it's it's a tricky fight for both guys. Whereas I think both of that both of those guys have better chances probably against the fellow champions in 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 the weight class. In my in my humble opinion, all right, in my humble opinion. So I interviewed Eddie Hearn uh, recently. The interview is up on the channel that any, anyone can look at it. Right. And I asked him about AJ's motivation 
going into this rematch with Usyk. And Eddie said that he's he's motivated. All right. Eddie said that he's very motivated going into this rematch with Usyk. And uh, in fact, he's never seen AJ as motivated. He also said he's never seen Canelo as motivated going into this trilogy fight. All right. And one thing I will say about Canelo is that Canelo definitely, definitely, I've never seen him as angry as this going into a fight. All right. Now, as for AJ, I mean, like I said, Eddie Hearn has used the word motivated. AJ, though, has used the word desperate. Okay. He's desperate to get his hands back on the titles. All right. And I can fully understand why um, without reading the report, but we're going to look at the report and I'm going to give my, my kind of perspective on why I think he probably is a little bit desperate at this time. All right. So this is courtesy of the reporting of Jake Donovan. All right. Make no mistake. Anthony Joshua is hell bent on avenging his most recent defeat and reclaiming his unified heavyweight title status. He's done it before and is in a position where it once again is necessary and crucial to his career. What England's Joshua, 24 and 222 KOs, really strives for even more than exacting revenge on Ukraine's Oleksandr Usyk, 19 and 0, 13 KOs, is bringing stability to his career once the WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO titles are back in his possession. Quote, someone said to me, you got the chance to become a three-time heavyweight champion in the world. I said that it's not really where you want to be, Joshua admitted during the London leg of a two-city press tour to promote the August 20 rematch with Usyk. Quote, it's not a route I would advise young people to travel. You want to keep it, stay there, and keep it. Joshua is presented with the unique scenario of twice regaining the unified heavyweight crown on Saudi Arabian soil. The 2012 Olympic gold medalist and two-time titleist traveled to Diria to outpoint Andy Ruiz in December 2019, six months after the Mexican heavyweight knocked out Joshua in the seventh round of the historic June 2019 clash at Madison Square Garden in New York City. The rematch saw Joshua successfully avenge his lone defeat at the time, handling an out-of-shape Ruiz to bring the WBO, IBF, WBA, IBO titles back to England. Just one successful defense came of his reign, a ninth-round knockout of Kubrat Pulav in December 2020. From there came his WBO mandatory title defense against Usyk, who claimed a 12-round unanimous decision win last September at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in North London. Changes were made in Joshua's training camp, including his bringing on board renowned cornerman Robert Garcia. The idea is less about reinventing the wheel and more so getting back to what made him such an imposing figure during his rise to the heavyweight ranks. Quote, I'm definitely desperate to get my hands back on the titles, insists Joshua. Quote, too much talking for less 
no, sorry, too much talking for me, less talking, more action. Let me just get in there and do my job. I'm not a comedian, not someone who writes speeches. I'm definitely hungry, definitely desperate. At the end of the day, how I will perform will speak volumes to the masses. So, look, I, I, I fully understand this logic. Um, I, I get it why he would be desperate to get back these titles, all right? He signed a huge deal with the zone. I'm sure that that deal comes with contingencies and with, you know, clauses if you win, clauses if you lose. And, I mean, Jay-Z said it. I mean, he's not just a businessman. He's a business man. AJ's a business. Right? And part of that business at this point is no longer being the Olympic super heavyweight gold medalist seeking out professional greatness. That part of the AJ aura, the AJ marketing, has been over and done with for a while. All right? Uh, AJ right now is the elite world champion heavyweight boxer on his way to the International Boxing Hall of Fame. You know, this guy that takes on all comers, this guy that knocks people out, this guy that is going to go down into the pantheon of the great heavyweight champions of yesteryear. Ali, Foreman, Frazier, Marciano, Dempsey, Johnson, Lewis, Tyson, Holyfield, pick pick the names. I mean, they want AJ's name to ring within the halls of paintings and statues with those champions. And I know I left out a lot of names, but so he he needs this fight. He needs this fight. He needs to win this fight because if he doesn't, I mean, people will remember him as a heavyweight champion who, unlike Audley Harrison, was managed appropriately, managed professionally, managed to a world champion win, world championship win against a guy who happened to be in the right place at the right time, and I'm talking about Prince Charles Martin. Right? And then went on to have his signature win be against his, a past his prime, Klitschko, that had already been beat, multiple times, including by his compatriot, Tyson Fury, in Dusseldorf, not in London. And who came up short against 
undersized opponents that he held every physical advantage over in Andy Ruiz Jr., who knocked him out. And Usyk, who nearly knocked him out and who might knock him out in the rematch. If he gets beat in the rematch, that's bad for the AJ brand. That's bad for AJ boxing without the I. That's bad for business. As Jay-Z said, he's not just a businessman. He's a business man. He's a business So if you're a business right now, right, and your business is dependent on you being an elite heavyweight champion on his way to Castanota, Canastota, sorry, the Hall of Fame, all right, and and you've lost it, right? You dropped it, right? You dropped the rematch to Usyk. You got knocked out by Ruiz. It's not the same business. And my guess is, because these guys at the zones aren't idiots, that all kind of clauses will likely kick in, you know, and that some of the incentives that you get in these contracts won't kick in, and some of the, the, the losing, the losing uh, clauses will kick in. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's not it's not stadium fights anymore for AJ after if if Uzik beats him. All right, I don't know if he gets another like big beats contract and big contract with with uh, Under Armour once those expire. If he doesn't win this fight and and keep winning big fights, so I can definitely see why. You know, whereas Eddie Hearn uses the word motivated, he himself is using the word desperate. He's he's using that word. Right? So if if he wins, yes. Check a 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 check Moving forward, all, all steams ahead. I mean, but if he loses the rematch, uh, that 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 well starts to run run a little bit dry. The well starts to run a little bit dry because I don't know how many people are going to be, you know, getting themselves onto the tube, the subway, the metro. The overground rail, national rail, right? To to sit in crowds, to wait to get into these big stadiums. If AJ's not fighting for titles or or fighting to get a title back. What happens to AJ if he loses? He's got no title, and the next fight he's in is against Philip Hergovich. Zhang Zilei. 
Frank Sanchez. Right? Martin Bacoli. Right? I mean, think of the names. Are, are those stadium fights when no title is on the line? I mean, Team Batman, you seem to think that he probably still sells out Wembley regardless. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. Right? Hergovitz Joshua, live at Wembley. Does that do 90,000 people? Does it? Does it do 90,000? 90, 90, Zhang Zile against Joshua, live at Wembley. Or, or live at the Millennium Stadium in Car. Does that do sellout crowds in the stadium when no titles are on the line? I think that that's very debatable. You know? Maybe a Joe Joyce fight. Maybe a Joe Joyce fight. But AJ Hellenius live at Wembley. Is that is that is that a 90,000 90,000 seater right there? Uh right? Is that is that a 90,000 seater? AJ Ajit Kabael live at Wembley. Does that does that Sound box office, no titles on the line. But let, let's fill up a 90,000-seat stadium for A.J. Otto Valine. Right? A.J. Otto Valine, live at Wembley. No titles on the line. Right? A.J. Arslan Beck, Mahmoudov, live at, at, at the Principality or, or whatever. Come on, yo. Look, look. In all seriousness, I can see why so much is at stake. Because if he loses, he drops in the rankings even further. I mean, right now, his highest ranking is number four with the WBA and with, and with the WBO. Right. And at that point, his his only chance at another big heavyweight fight is to hope that someone, because he's got such big name value, decides to take him on in an optional defense. That's his only shot here. If he loses these titles. So, yes, I can totally see why this would be a moment of desperation and why he would be quote unquote desperate in his own words for this fight, stadium fight. So I'm seeing some names here, right? And the names I'm seeing are, are, are Wilder in a stadium, Fury in a stadium, White in a stadium, no belts on the line, I, I I tend to think that those would likely be O2 fights or MEN Arena fights. And also, again, he's not just a businessman. He's a businessman. 
you got to also think about the endorsement deals. And again, the big zone contract, which again, I'm sure comes with contingencies for zone. I mean, they're not just going to give out huge contracts to guys that are losing fight after fight after fight, are they? But that that's that's the thing. Right? So, yes, he's desperate. Yes, he should be desperate. And we'll see if he wins this fight. We'll see if he wins this fight. Interesting to me is that Eddie Hearn is talking a lot about, oh, Canelo Triple G is such a bigger fight than Crawford against against Spence. Uh, But he's not comparing it to this fight. Because believe it or not, this is actually the bigger fight of all of the three fights because it is huge site feed at Saudi Arabia has paid. Rumored to be about $120 million in excess of 90 million pounds sterling. So as things go, financially, this is the biggest fight. This is the AJ business with a capital B. Does this business continue to to chug along if he loses to Usyk the second time? Is there going to be another nine-figure site fee in AJ's future if he loses to Usyk? No, there won't be, which is why he's saying that he's desperate for the win, desperate to get his titles back. Because for the AJ business to completely continue to move forward, a win is required. He cannot take the L to Usyk. Anton points out AJ has been declining since Klitschko. I agree. The gunslinger AJ, the guy that was, you know, knocking out Brazil, knocking out Dillian White knocking out Prince Charles Martin. We haven't seen that guy for a while. That might be because of the way he was dropped against Klitschko and what he learned against Klitschko, that jab, right hand, clinch, clinch, hug kind of style for safety reasons. Very effective. But since then, he's been a defensive first, more cautious version of himself. A guy that won't engage in inside fighting. A guy who the referee, you know, stops Joseph Parker from going to work, stops Carlos Takam for going to work, stops Carlos Takam early and controversially. A guy that got knocked out by Andy Ruiz Jr. in New York. A guy that got the win in the rematch against Saudi Arabia. But let, let's let's... Let's keep it real about that win. Let's be a little bit honest here, guys and ladies. And kids, if there are any kids listening, it is the summer holidays now. He jabbed and moved and hugged his way to the win against a guy that was far more out of shape than he was the first time when he was already out of shape. So 
yeah, I mean, I, Anton, I agree. I mean, he's been declining. Layden, you point out that Chisora makes millions each fight and he lo- he's lost his 11 times. Yes, but that's not his brand. AJ's brand isn't being a B-side against elites and an A-side against fellow gatekeepers and being in exciting fights. That's not AJ's brand. AJ's brand is Hugo Boss, elite, on the path to all-time greatness, the sweet scientist, the, the, the Olympic gold medal pedigree. None of that is in is in the profile of a Chisora. That's not in his profile. So, you know. I'm very interested in seeing this fight. I'm very interested to see if he can come back. Okay. Very interesting to see if he can come back. And yeah, guys, I get it. I understand the desperation. I get it. I understand that. All right. I understand it. All right, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, guys, uh, special edition of Mano a Mano today. Yesterday was July 4th in the United States. Uh, so I didn't do Mano a Mano with Kenny. I was fortunate enough to drop out a punchlines. All right, I did do a punchlines yesterday with Tony Pugilism joining me. It was great. I had a good time talking to Tony. All right, make sure y'all check that out. All right, I'll drop the link to that over here in case anybody didn't see it. It's all all right. Uh, Pull that up for everybody here. All right, and make sure you catch me later tonight, guys, 6 p.m. Eastern. I'll be live with Kenny T for Mano Amano. All right. Link is in the chat. Check out punchlines from yesterday. That's it. And I'm oh, out. Lord, shoot the bonfire, man. Thank you.